Podcast, where everybody's listening. I'm Barbara Hart. And I'm Doug Armitage. Thanks for joining us. The intro music is provided by Daniel Wander. His debut full-length studio album, Grow, is fresh off the press in May 2022. Grow also features an array of top-notch front-range musicians. Wander will hold an album release party at the legendary Gold Hill Inn on May 28th with a full band and music friends, Coppertail. For more information, check out goldhillin.com. This episode is brought to you by the Backdoor Theater, the Gold Hill Inn, Brightwood Music, Hearts Backhoe, and of course, the Mountaineer newspaper. And now to the news desk. This week's movie at the Backdoor Theater is Everything Everywhere All at Once, rated R. An aging Chinese immigrant is swept up in an insane adventure where she alone can save the world by exploring other universes connected with lives she could have led. The movie starts Friday and Saturday at 7 p.m. with a Saturday matinee at 2 p.m. Some of the current highlights in The Mountaineer include our weekly music column, The Only weekly print music listing in the Peak to Peak, more graduating senior stories, our Keep It Local business stories, school zone news, multiple government articles, and so much more. Our first story of the week is Jamie Lammers interviewing Bonnie and Taylor Sims. Off you go, Jamie. Hello, my name is Jamie Lammers, and this is my interview with Bonnie and Taylor Sims. Actually, this is two interviews, because for whatever reason, neither Bonnie, nor Taylor, nor I realized that I had already interviewed them, and so we ended up doing two separate interviews on two separate days. So I'm going to play both of them for you in a row right now. Here is the first interview. I'm Bonnie Sims. I'm Taylor Sims. And we live in the Front Range of Colorado and are a musical duo and couple right. for many years. I hear you guys are performing at the United Center very soon. We are, yep. May 21st. We've been in that region one time before. We went to, where do we play with Drew Silla before? Okay. That was a house concert yep. there in Idaho Springs. Yeah, we love the United Center. I played there with a previous band years and years ago, and I love that sound, and I definitely love that venue. How long have you guys been a duo? When did the duo start, and how did it come to? Well, it essentially started when we met. We met in college in Leveland, Texas, in music school. And we met as just students in the bluegrass program and started jamming together, started going to late night picking parties. And so we started playing music together really early on after we met. And it wasn't until, I don't know, maybe a month or two after that that we started dating. And so that was in 2006. 2005. 2005. And every semester at the college, the music school we went to, they would have 
have an award ceremony of the best of each department and each instrument or discipline. And my first semester there, I got best female bluegrass vocalist, and Taylor got best male bluegrass vocalist. And then they have this concert at the end of the semester where they have all the best of of every genre do a song together. And so that kind of was the beginning of our official, I felt like, on stage, not just at school. That was the first gig we played together, which was only three or four songs, I think. After that, we were pretty inseparable. Pretty set on doing it together. You guys would say that you probably lean more towards the bluegrass genre of music in general? I guess so. I mean, it kind of depends on who we're talking to. Our duo is definitely based in bluegrass, but our influences are pretty wide. We both grew up in Texas, and so we have some old country and some western swing roots. But more lately, the songs that we write fall more into the Americana category, I guess. But to listeners and to people coming in off the street, bluegrass is a very apt description for what we do. I play the mandolin, so people default to that when they see a mandolin. They're like, oh, it's bluegrass music. But we also, in our band, Taylor plays electric guitar, and we have a drum kit and electric bass as well. So it's like, to a traditional bluegrass purist, they would never look at that and be like, this is a bluegrass band, you know, because that's heresy. You don't have drums in a bluegrass band. You don't have electric guitar in a bluegrass band. So we are definitely not a bluegrass band. We just grew up in the bluegrass community and those influences as far as how we came into music. It was definitely through the bluegrass channels. My dad plays the banjo. He's a career musician. So I grew up at bluegrass festivals, and that was very much my first induction into playing music because there's such a community there of, like, jamming and just doing it. My dad always used to say, you never go to a Britney Spears concert see people playing music in the parking lot. And I was like, yeah, Dad, you're never going to see that because it's, like, not part of the culture of top 40 music to be sitting around being like, yeah, we do it too. But that is part of bluegrass culture. Everyone participates on their level, you know. What would you say are some of your influences that you've had over the years? Oh, man. That kind of changes month to month. But like I said, for myself personally, I grew up with a lot of old country. Merle Haggard, Dwight Yoakam, Bob Wills. Those are definitely my foundations of where I come from musically. But then more recently, I'm a huge fan of Jason Isbell and Dawes. And I love J.J. Kale. He's a big influence on me as an electric guitar player. I could go on and on, but I'd say that's a pretty current influence list. Yeah, and I grew up listening to a lot of vocalists that I was really drawn to. There's a band called Newgrass Revival who had a lead singer named John Cowan, who was a huge vocal inspiration to me growing up. And I also grew up on a lot of folk music. I love Janice Ian, and now I love people like Patty Griffin and powerful lady songwriters who can wail vocally. It's definitely my jam. And what would you guys say are some of your favorite parts about being able to perform live and being able to perform music as a career? Well, I think the greatest thing and most palpable and powerful thing about playing live is getting to interact with the audience on an emotional and spiritual level. You know, we call it the love loop in the business where we send the love and the energy out and then it gets multiplied by the audience and they send it back to us and then we can then multiply it and send it back and it turns into this beautiful exchange. That's my favorite part about it, connecting with people, connecting with strangers and making friends with people just by enjoying that same space of song and stage. It's very powerful and it's shaped my life as just a person. And then, of course, that permeates the career path, too, because once you taste that drug, you don't really want anything else. And so the career part is basically just chasing that feeling, chasing that love loop and trying to make some money while you're at it so you can keep the wheels turning. Yeah, I second all of that. I also love how when you play music for people, they kind of develop a trust and understanding of who you are as a person, but they create it all in their own mind. But it's still very real to them and to me, usually. But like the idea that when they come up, they feel like friends, even though I don't know them, but then they know me. I love that element of performing. And then I get to ask them questions about themselves because they're 
so ready to talk and ready to share stuff. And they want to tell me how the music affected them or the songs their dad used to sing. They always come up with some story of why it's emotionally important to them. And I really love hearing that from people like that they'll share that stuff with me as a stranger. But they don't feel like I'm a stranger, which is the coolest part about music. Is there anything that you hope that audiences will take away from your shows or take away from performing live or just from your music in general? We hope they leave with a smile, of course, and we hope they leave with the idea that they can't wait to come back and see us. And again, that's really up to us to make that happen. But really, we want them to leave with a sense of hope for the future and a love for their brothers and sisters and that we can make the world a better place with our smallest efforts and the smallest details of our lives. And for us, music is a huge part of that. And it's a way that we connect with ourselves. It's a way that we connect with our community. And it's a way that we try to make the world a better place one song at a time and hopefully instill that hope and block out the fear that is so manufactured and sold to us on the regular. And I think that music is one of the few shields against that weapons that we have to fight those darker things. So we want people to walk with a sense of hope and beauty and yeah. and, and, and maybe some inspiration for their own artistic expression, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Maybe they look at us and they think, I could do it. It doesn't seem that hard. <laughs> like yeah. I hope people feel like they should sing or they should play music when they watch us play music because it's so fun and we want to show them how fun it is. It's fun when you make it even when it's just for yourself alone at your house. It doesn't have to be because people will clap for you or give you money. And I like to impress that upon people that their voice and their expression is valid and they should invest in it. Is there anything else in general that you guys want to add about anything involving your shows or your music or just anything? No, we're really stoked to come back to the United Center and, yeah, and to uh, yeah introduce our band to that community and those people and yeah, we hope that people come out and we can't wait to play. Yeah, it should be fun. I think those are all the big questions that I have on my end. Awesome. Cool, Jamie. Thank you, Jamie. Yeah, for sure. Thank you so much for coming on board. Cool, Jamie. Thank you. All right. Appreciate it. And here is the second interview. I'm Bonnie Sims. I'm Taylor Sims. And we are a married musical couple that plays music all over Colorado and beyond. You guys are coming to perform at the United Center very soon, I hear. Yes, on May 21st, we're going to be there with our full band. Super excited to get out and get to play that room. How did you guys get together and start making music? How did this start? How did your guys' musical careers start in general? We met in college. We both went to music school in Leveland, Texas, and it was it was Bonnie's first semester, it was my last semester, and we were both enrolled in the bluegrass program there at that school, and we took a couple classes together, and then we started jamming, and then the rest is romantic history. Yeah, and I grew up playing music. I came from a musical family, so it was a really easy decision for me to want to go to music college when I turned 18, and I started playing guitar as a 16-year-old and got into, like, Neil Young and doing that, so he came to music that way. And are there any other influences or inspiration? or styles of music just in general that you would say inspired you when you were growing up or getting sure. into music? Oh, man. Yeah, we both listened to a ton of country music, like old country and western swing, definitely bluegrass. Yeah, and, you know, all kinds of stuff. You know, for me, it was Bob Wills and Merle Haggard and Bob Dylan were big for both of us, really. Yeah, and I'm also really into show tunes. I love musicals, musical theater. I've always done that as well in music and get a lot of inspiration from that energy. I think more than anything, not necessarily the musical 
musical style, but the energy and the devotion to the craft that comes with musical theater and theater people in general, I have a lot of respect for it. I get a lot of inspiration from that. Are there any styles that you guys say you lean more towards when you perform? Sure. I feel like our band is definitely the Americana, folk rock, songwriter kind of style with drums and electric bass. We like to have a lot of energy, but we also like to say something with our music, so we definitely do both of those. Do you guys have any favorite parts about being able to perform live and perform music as a career? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of them. Connecting with the audience is pretty high up there, and creating that love loop, as we like to call it, the energetic to and fro that is so amazing when you perform for an audience. That's a big one. And then, of course, getting to travel around and getting to see different parts of the world is huge. Getting to express ourselves through the songs that we write and feel like we have something to offer and to try to make the world a little bit better place, a little bit smilier of a place yeah. with our music, I guess, to keep myself from ranting. I could talk about that stuff for and a long time. Definitely getting to be our own boss is amazing. Being self-employed, I highly recommend it. <laughs> if you can work a trade and work for yourself, that is the way to go, in my opinion, in this world. You know, I definitely enjoy that immensely. And is there anything that you hope that audiences will be able to take away from your shows when they come to visit them or see them live? We hope they walk with hope in their heart that change is possible and the world is not such a dark place. And maybe inspired to make their own music. Mm-hmm. And hopefully it strikes them deep enough that they'll come back and see us. Is there anything else just in general that you guys want to add or promote or bring up or just anything along those lines? No, I mean, other than the fact we're very excited to come back to the United Center. as We played there last year as sort of an overflow, and we love working with Drew there. But, yeah, we love Idaho Springs, and that community has always been very supportive of all of our musical projects. And so it'll be nice to come back for a full-fledged show post COVID, if I can say that. Yeah, we're just very excited to be back out. I think those are all the big questions that I have on my end. Wonderful. Thanks, Wonderful, Jamie. Jamie. Thank you guys so much for coming on board. This was awesome. Yeah, thanks so much. We love getting publicity, and so thank you very much for taking the time to do that for us. Yeah, for sure. Thank you so much to Bonnie and Taylor for coming on board and joining us for this podcast twice. If you want to see them perform live, you can catch them at the United Center. That's 1440 Colorado Boulevard in Idaho Springs on Saturday, May 20th. 21st, 2022 at 7 p.m. Be sure to go to unitedcenterinc.com to get your tickets today. Tickets are $20. Thanks, Jamie. And now to the news desk. Summer is almost here, and Brightwood Music in Netherland has travel instruments to take with you on your travels. From folding guitars to ukuleles, to mandolins, harmonicas, and more, Brightwood has what you need for the aspiring musician or the advanced. Brightwood Music is family-owned and operated and has been a Netherlands staple for all of your music needs for over a decade. They are located at 20 East Lakeview Drive, Unit 109 in Netherland, and can be reached at 303-258-8863. Peak-to-peak musicians and artists, the Mountaineer is looking for you. We're looking for our June and July featured musicians. Would you like a feature story in the Mountaineer print, online, and podcast editions? These are all completed through email, phone calls, or occasional in-person interviews with our journalists. Interested? Check out our information at the end of the podcast. Lately, the mail has been getting a little better for delivery, but we know it's still taking a few extra days to get your newspaper. The post offices have new staff and are often understaffed, which can cause a delay in your service. 
The Mountaineer has an easy solution to make sure your paper is always on time. Sign up for a free online subscription. Every print subscriber is also able to get a free access to our online edition each week. Simply go to our website, click on subscribe, and click on 100-day free subscription. If you love it, we can continue it for the term of your print subscription. If you hate it, simply don't log in and it will expire in 100 days. Not a subscriber? Try it for free. For our final story, Jamie Lammers interviews another music group, Seeing Stars Band. You're on, Jamie. Hello, my name is Jamie Lammers and this is my interview with John Hyland of Seeing Stars Band. I'm John Hyland. I'm playing bass in the Seeing Stars Band. We're an area band of some remnants of people who've been playing around here for probably over 30 years, some of them, and some of them are a little fresher on the scene. And you guys are performing in the Pizza Peak area very soon, am I correct? Absolutely. We're at the Jamestown Mercantile on the 3rd of June. Can you tell me a little bit about how the band started, how you guys met, some of your musical backgrounds, all of that sort of stuff? How did the band come Sure. So the band's evolved a little bit in the time that I've been in it, which is about four years. But two of the members were in a band called Riff Raff that's been around for decades. And that is Bobby and Jerry in our band. We do a lot of Grateful Dead music. So they're filling those roles. And they've played out of that catalog for a long time. The drummer and I were in a band called Shanti Group together in the early 2000s. That's where we started playing together. We have a applied guitar player who's now also sometimes being a double drummer who's the son of the guy who's in our Jerry spot. So he's the youngest member in the band. He's in his mid-20s. And then we have a pedal steel player who's played around these parts for over 20 years. I met him in other bands before we got together to play. And our keyboard player went to college with our drummer. He came into the band as a mandolin player for a little while. And then we found out he knew how to play keyboard. So he switched over to that for us. And sometimes we add an eighth member on saxophone, Bruce Lish, who plays with everybody in the area. <laughs> I've seen him on more stages than I can imagine. And he kind of brought us all together in a way. There's like a lot of bluegrass history, I think, that connected a bunch of us. And then the rest is just all of us playing music out in the area and running into each other. And so would you say that bluegrass folk type music is where you kind of lean towards? Personally, that's what got me going when I moved out here. I fell into the bluegrass scene. One of the first things I did after moving to the foothills is I went to Brainerd Lake. And after I went to Brainerd Lake, I went to the Millside Inn by Ward. And I met the owners and they said, oh, if you play music, you should come on Saturday. There's a bluegrass pick. So I went on Saturday and the bluegrass people, they have a good way of pulling people in and turning them from observers to performers, I would say. So that's what got me going into the musical community here. And so is there a particular style that you'd say the band leans more toward just in general? Well, yes. I'd say the majority of what we perform is out of the Grateful Dead catalog. So in that respect, it's kind of a wide range of styles of music being covered because the Grateful Dead and Jerry Garcia in particular was really a great curator of American music.
music of all kinds, but it generally comes off as jam band music in a way because when we have all seven pieces, we can't help but be a jam band, I think. And are there any influences that stuck out to you or the other band members as you started getting into your musical career? Well, I'd say that we're trying to get into being a funk band at times. <laughs> I certainly want to bring the funk, but that's an idiom that maybe we haven't mastered yet, but it's pulling us in that kind of direction. So a little bit of that. There's a lot of cosmic country that we're leaning towards, and I think part of that's because we have a pedal steel player in the band, and that's kind of unusual. There's not a lot of people who bother to try and learn how to play with their feet and their knees and their hands at the same time. So that makes us hear songs with pedal steel in them, and we gravitate towards that. Stuff like the new writers of the Purple Sage had a good run with that, and I guess that kind of ties back into the Jerry Garcia influence a little bit, too, because he was one of those people who played pedal steel. I guess it's hard for me to point to a particular genre. And do you guys have a particular favorite part about being able to perform live? Yes. <laughs> I think playing music live is what I live for. I love to play music, and I'll do just about anything to do that, but it's a different experience when you're performing for others. It's fun to perform with your bandmates just for each other. That's always a fun thing to do, but there's an energy level that's different as soon as there's one or more people paying any attention to you, and that's something that really feels good, and it's a great way to connect with people, I think, and just share positive feelings. And is there anything in particular that you want your audiences to take away from your live shows as you perform? I hope some of the joy of playing music, that feeling of joy is something they can take away, some energy level. When I go see a show, I think what I'm looking for is just to see people be able to coordinate themselves into something that's like a living, breathing organism and have a little bit of success. It puts a positive spin on this experience we call life, just to see people get along and communicate in a musical way. Is there anything else just in general about the band or any other performances or anything else that you want to promote or just anything you want to add? We had a great time at Frozen Dead Guy Days this year. I'm really hoping that Netherland can revive Michigan Mike's Ned Fest. Uh, I think that was a really great music festival. I'd love to be a part of that. <laughs> I love the Netherland music scene. It's always been inspirational since before I even lived out here in the old Caribou Room days. All of the mountain venues are really special, and we're really looking forward to hitting them this summer. Yeah, I don't know. I think those are all the big questions that I have on my end. Cool. I want to thank you so much for coming on board. This was awesome. Yeah, thank you, Jamie. Yeah, for sure. Thank you so much to John for coming on board and joining us for the podcast. If you want to see Seeing Stars Band perform live, you can catch them at the Jamestown Mercantile at 108 Main Street in Jamestown on Friday, June 3rd, 2022 at 7 p.m. Thanks, Jamie. And just a few more news items. The first Caribou Village Fourth Friday event will take place on May 27th. The event will start at 5 p.m., and some businesses in the shopping center will have special food and beverage deals. Augustina's Winery will have $4 glasses of wine. Very Nice Brewing will have live music. 
the art galleries will have live artist demonstrations. Brightwood Music will hold a cello sale and offer discounts on specific string packs. Tadasana will be offering a free all-levels class from 6 to 7 p.m., plus 20% off all retail at Tadasana that evening. The giant annual Sugarloaf Garage Sale is back this year. Check out the huge fire station, which has been converted into a department store, loaded with bargains for everyone. They've been collecting new and gently used items for weeks. Looking forward to seeing you. It runs May 27th to 29th from 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. at Sugarloaf Fire Station number 2, 1360 Sugarloaf Road. As a reminder, Kathmandu Restaurant in Netherlands will be closed on Tuesdays during May. Please visit Wednesday through Monday. The lunch buffet is open every day from 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. and stays open late Friday before the movie starts at the Backdoor Theater. The Gilpin County Democrats hold monthly meetings in person on the fourth Thursday of each month at the Gilpin County Library from 6.30 to 8.30 p.m. Contact Chair at gmail.com with questions. The Gilpin County Republican meetings are on the first Thursday of the month at 7 p.m. Email gcrcgilpin at gmail.com for location. Are you interested in being a podcast sponsor? We have sponsorships available starting at $30 per week or sponsor a whole month for just $99. The podcast reaches a different audience than the print or online edition of The Mountaineer. And a quick note about the opening of the Netherlands Sort Yard. The Netherlands Sort Yard is located at 291 Ridge Road in Netherlands. The hours of operation are Wednesday through Saturday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. The Netherlands location will be open from Wednesday, May 4th through Saturday, October 22nd. And pick up this week's edition of The Mountaineer in print in multiple locations across the peak to peak. And that's all for this week's episode of The Mountaineer Podcast. All editions of The Mountaineer Podcast, print newspaper, and the latest news are always available on our website at www.themountaineer.com. To contact us at The Mountaineer, email info at themountaineer.com or call 303-810-5409. Thanks, everybody, for an entertaining podcast. I'm Doug Armitage. And I'm Barbara Hart. Until next time, thanks for listening. And we always had to go. These roots touch the soil and these leaves begin to grow And we rip them out again when they demand we leave these borders Two tired souls searching for a place to park tonight Will this wildfire light a journey through the dark? All this comes for Satoria Roots are from the ground and made you leave all that you lost and found this love is Take a die-hard wanderer and make him start to think about home.